Welcome to the True Condos Podcast with Andrew LaFleur, the place to get the truth on the Toronto condo market and condo investing in Toronto. Okay, it's my pleasure to welcome to the show for the first time, Daryl Furston. Daryl is the president of Innate Developments, uh, who is a developer for Sage Prestige Condos in Kingston. Daryl, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks so much for having me. Really appreciate it. Great. Uh, happy to have you on. And um, why don't we start by, why don't you tell, tell us a little bit about how you got started in real estate? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I got to start by saying I started in another business before real estate. Um, I guess my background is I was an engineer, started another business. Uh, fortunately, it was pretty successful. Uh, and I decided uh, real estate was really the asset where I wanted to be investing my money from that other business. So I actually started buying student housing in Waterloo in like 2005 or so. Um, and basically, I'd buy undervalued assets, renovate them, manage them better, increase the rents, refinance them, and uh, it was a pretty good run for quite a while. Um, I still have some of those houses, but I've sort of gotten out of that business. The problem with it is it was extremely labor-intensive owning these really old houses that needed constant repair. Uh, and in 2009, I ventured into building student housing apartment buildings uh, with my partner, Paul. And we built a series of those, sold them, and in 2011, we started uh, basically our Sage brand, which was going to be student housing condos. We weren't really sure how it was going to work out. Unfortunately, uh, uh, the market uptake was great on our Sage 1, and I guess the rest is history. We've done, I think, about 14 projects since then. Wow. So what, um, just going back a little bit, what, what was your business before real estate? Like what, um, and my understanding, like flowers, yeah, my understanding is that you're a, a true entrepreneur in the sense of, you know, uh, starting so many different businesses and being successful at, at them all. Um, so what, uh, like how, going back further, like what was your business before real estate and, and um you know, how did you get started as a sort of an entrepreneur before all this? Yeah, for sure. Uh, I was flowers at university and college graduations. Um, started it while I was an undergrad. It probably paid for my third and fourth years of undergrad at, in engineering at U of T. And uh, decided to go the entrepreneur route and not take a job working somewhere else and grew that business. And that allowed me the cash flow to start investing in real estate. Um, so I still own that business, by the way, but it's uh, not my primary focus anymore. Wow. Um, and so why student housing and why Waterloo? Like what, because you're at U of T, like are you from Waterloo originally? For sure. No, I had no connection to Waterloo. I'd like to say I picked Waterloo um, as opposed to Waterloo picking me. So first of all, why student housing? I just really, I didn't have the money to buy a commercial building in Toronto or anything like that. So it, it was an asset class I could afford. And my other business was related to universities and colleges. So I was very ingrained in the space of universities and colleges. And what I loved about that space was they grow. If I do nothing, they still keep growing. So I wanted to tie myself to another business that would rely on the growth of universities and colleges. And again, real estate was the asset class I was interested in. So I started buying student housing. Uh, why Waterloo? 
good question. I looked at a series of other cities across Ontario. Um, I wanted to pick the perfect place that made the most sense. Uh, in the end, I settled on Waterloo for a handful of reasons. Uh, proximity to Toronto is important, so it's close to a very major market. Uh, mostly the two universities there, as opposed to one university, the growth rate of the two universities there and the quality of education or the reputation of, of the universities there was extremely important to me. Great. And sort of like you, you've been a sort of a pioneer in this space, obviously. A lot of people have sort of tried to copy now what you've already done and what you've been successful doing. Um, what was your sort of original vision like when you when you launched the Sage brand when you when you said we're going to start building condos like what was your vision then and has it stayed the same or has it evolved as you've as your business has evolved I think my vision is generally to try something see how the market responds and make some decisions on how to go forward when we launched our Sage 1 I had no idea if anyone was going to be interested in it at all um once we saw they were we came up with more of a growth strategy of where we wanted to be over the next five years and how we keep rolling out products. I think it's really important to understand that we all have to learn and we all have to keep learning. And with each successive project that we start and with each successive project we complete, we learn a little bit more. We get just a little bit smarter with each one. And I believe each project allows us to create a better next project and a better service and a better experience for our customers on the next project. Uh, myself and my partner, Paul, we didn't go into it trying to build a you know, 400 unit condo building on day one. We started small. I was renovating tiny student houses. Our first building was literally four units that we built, uh, apartment building, and then we built a 12-unit building, and then we built a, uh, a 50-unit building, and we sort of went from there. Our first condo project was only 58 units, and then the next one was 200. So we slowly grew and slowly tried different things as we went to figure out what's, what works best. And uh, after five years in the student condo business and uh, five completed projects behind us, about five more that are under construction and development already and a few more in the pipeline. We, we feel our product line has evolved and evolved and our methodology for delivering has gotten better and better. And we're, we're quite confident in the products we're producing going forward. That's great. Why taking a step back at the bigger market? As I said, a lot of people now are interested in this space across the country. Really, um, what's your take on the student housing market across Canada? Sort of on a on a bigger picture, like what what are the trends that you see? Um, you know, do you still see this as uh, as a as a major growth um, market? Um, do you see any challenges ahead for this this segment? Um, what are your thoughts on the sort of bigger picture student housing in Canada? Yeah, my first answer would be I like to focus more on me and less on what's going on outside. I like to spend most of my time focusing on our own product, on our own buildings and making them perfect. But if you're asking me the question, like, where is this industry going? I think with most industries, we look south. We look to the U.S. and see what's happened there. And we typically tend to be about a generation behind in whatever we're doing. And there there's been a student housing boom there that we're just probably at the beginning of here. 
And I see what we're doing in Ontario here spreading further across the country. Ultimately, like the reason I got into, I've told you some of the reasons, but one of the main reasons I like student housing as a real estate business is it's an evergreen population. In you know Toronto, for example, there's a neighborhood that might be the trendy new place to be today, and tomorrow it may not be, and somewhere else is the trendy new place. Things change. What I liked about universities is they're not forever, but there's a very low probability of that academic institution closing or moving locations. So therefore, I have... I know I'm forever next to a population which needs to rent. And that's the big thing. No matter where we go on home ownership in Canada in general, students rent. Like some buy condos now, and that's probably a market that we created, but we know there's always going to be a population that continues to rent. We know that if the economy is good, well, people can afford to pay those rents, and that's wonderful, and they want to go to school and get better jobs. We know that if the economy is bad, they go back to school to try to improve their education to get a better job. And it ultimately all ends in them renting. Um, furthermore, the quality of tenants, and this is a strange one that people don't believe me when I tell them, is amazing. And the first instinct is looking, thinking about Animal House and drunken keg parties and stuff like that. But that's, that's Hollywood. Students are fantastic. They're one of the most intelligent groups in, in our society. They care. They want to do great things with their lives. Their future is ahead of them. They're going to do their best to ma avoid making stupid mistakes today that are going to inhibit their future. And as a tenant, again, they're fantastic considering in many cases they either have government funding to help them pay for school or they have parents helping them pay for school. So although they may not all have huge incomes, the quality of the credit of the tenant is probably better than your typical apartment building or way better than your typical apartment building. Yeah, absolutely. That's certainly one of the misconceptions that comes up every single time uh, with every student condo project that I've worked on over the years as well is this, uh, this seems to be a myth that's hard to shake, but anybody who's actually had experience in the market, and you've been in, in the market obviously for more than 10 years, knows that, uh, you know, like you said, tenants make, or students make absolutely great tenants for the reasons you, you outlined. And another thing I think is just they take instruction well. Um, there's no sense of entitlement usually. Um, and uh, they're sort of at the beginning of their life. Uh, so to speak, and and you know they they want to please you uh, in a weird way. It sounds strange to say, but they they want to please you as the landlord, and they want to do right by you, as opposed to the person who is already out in the world and working for themselves and has their own entitlements and opinions, and it has to be this way, and it has to be my way, and and this sort of a thing. Yeah, absolutely. I'll give you a couple other notes on students. I've talked to a few apartment building players that own a lot of apartment buildings near universities and colleges, and they love them. And I asked the question, why? They said, well, no rent control. I'm like, what do you mean? They said, well, when we own an apartment building in a big city, tenants tend to stay for a long time, which is kind of nice. But it tends that inflation and the real cost, uh, the real cost of operating the building tends to exceed CPI and we're locked into those rents or that, that plus 1% or 2%. They like you said, with being near a university, we get great tenants. They stay for two or three years, and we get to reset the rent when they leave in two or three years. So we're not way lagging on our rental rates. 
Yeah, absolutely. Another great, great point. Um, so let's talk a little bit about your, before we get into Kingston, just the last point on, on Waterloo. So you've completed just so people who aren't familiar with what you, you've, what innate has already done. You've completed five buildings already. Like you said, you've got five in the, in the pipeline. What has been like, again, the, the, the condo investor listening to this show, um, is interested to know like what has been your track record so far what has been the experience so far for the investors in your buildings uh, i'd like to see it's been i'd like to say it's been great for two reasons number one i've heard virtually no complaints number two we've had a lot of repeat customers um our sage one building uh went on sale sold out really fast it was delivered on time at its first not only was it delivered for occupancy at its first occupancy date it closed on its first occupancy date, which is like virtually unheard of, as you know, in the condo world. Uh, all the guaranteed rents that we aim to achieve were achieved, not only that first year, but that building's four years old now, or it's been through four rental cycles, and all of the tenants have achieved equal or higher rents than they expected. Um, our Sage 3 building has now been complete for complete and closed for a year. It also... Uh, hit its first occupancy date and closed about three weeks after the first occupancy date. So pretty small timeline. Uh, again, everything, it's been through two rental cycles now and everything was rented at the rents that were expected or higher. Um, our Sage 2 uh, building is now in its second rental cycle. Uh, sorry, it's now, yeah, sorry, it's in its second rental cycle. And again, rents are, and that one actually has a number of units that are renting higher. And it's actually the one bedroom units there that we, uh, we projected a 9.95 a month in rent and they're getting 1100 and we're actually pushing toward closer towards 1200 now on one bedroom units. So those buyers were thrilled there ending up with more in rent than expected. Uh, I know the other thing that buyers look for some is capital appreciation or the ability to resell the unit for a higher price than they paid for it. Tons, like absolutely tons in each building of buyers reselling their units to parents buying something for their kid, reselling to another investor, and you know we've seen prices only go up for all those buyers. Um, that so we have we've now completed five buildings uh, which comprise. I think about 700 units in total, and we're under construction on three more projects as we speak. Uh, these are all in Waterloo, with two more starting construction in May 2017. Uh, so, pretty good track record, and people have been very happy with uh, with the investment. That's great. Shifting now to Kingston. So, obviously, Sage Prestige is your new project in Kingston. Um, what, why Kingston? What, what are the keys to this market for the investor? What, um, you know, how do you compare or contrast it with Waterloo or, you know, what, what are the key things to know about Kingston? Well, I guess I'd firstly say with Waterloo, we love it. Great, great place to develop and we intend to keep doing so for many decades going forward. Uh, we'd also like to expand our business to other markets. Kingston was our first choice, um, when we looked at expansion and, we look at a, a series of things. First of all, the quality of the academic institution. How renowned is it? How much should students really want to go there? What's the quality of the students? And Queen's University was fantastic. Um, we were quite thrilled with the, the, the potential tenant population and owner population there. We like Kingston because it has natural 
uh, barriers to entry. It's not the easiest place to get something developed. It's not in terms of like acquiring land or getting it zoned or achieving uh, approvals is, is more challenging, which we're, we're good with more challenging because it, it inhibits uh, other players from entering the market too quickly. It has very high rents, um, not just in the student housing space. If you look at the CMHC data on average apartment building rents in Kingston, it's like, I mean, comparing it to Waterloo, pushing 25% higher. Um, and in the student space as well, the rents were significantly higher uh, and the supply was significantly lower. Uh, we deemed it to be one of the worst markets to be a tenant and I guess and the best to be a landlord in of all the university towns in Ontario just due to its lack of supply and extremely aged supply and its overwhelming demand and growth. Uh, so that's, that's why we picked Kingston as our first place to expand. Um, yeah, I mean, certainly, uh, seems like it's a great place to uh, be a landlord. And like you said, Queens is one of the top universities in Ontario. It also, Queens tends to attract a higher, um, would you say that Queens tends to attract a higher sort of average income, uh, economic situation, uh, from a student perspective? Uh, absolutely. We deemed it to be probably the wealthiest student population of any university in Ontario, which means they could afford to pay more, but they expected a higher quality if they were going to pay more. It was a great market to deliver a AAA product and get the price that you need to justify it. So what do we need to know about Sage Prestige specifically? So what do we need to know about the building, the location, the amenities, um, the units that you've put in this building, the learnings that you've taken from your all your history in Waterloo, uh, as you said, each building gets better and better. So um, what are you most excited about or most proud of for this building? And uh, what do investors need to know? First of all, uh, I mean, location's fantastic. Uh, can't really be beat right on Princess Street, right near the university. Great uh, retail amenity right there, plus like a very short walk over to the university. Uh, so location's fantastic. It's a 10-story building. Um, 326 units in total. Uh, I guess our learning curve of our other buildings and, and bringing that data forward lead us to certain and specific unit types and certain and specific amenities. Um, in terms of unit types, we took a really close look. So again, we're not working off of future potential projections. We're looking at how students behaved and what they wanted and what they liked from our past buildings. And we found that generally our one-bedroom units in the 450-ish square foot range were ex far more popular than we expected and, and really rented fastest of anything in our portfolio. So this building has a lot of that. Um, we experimented a bit with some studios in one of our buildings in Waterloo, and we didn't do too many, and they flew off the shelf. Um, so we integrated some of those, and we found that very efficient two-bedroom units where we could keep the price point down um, worked really well. Uh, we also have some three-bedroom units in this building as well, but not very many. Um, and then amenities, uh, again, there's a lot of great amenities people talk about. We actually have had the experience of getting to see what actually gets used yeah. and listen to tenants that are leasing. and asking the questions of what they specifically want. Uh, so we have a fitness center. 
we have a theater room, we have a, uh, I guess, uh, what we'd call common area, social area, uh, a lot of the amenities that really are the ones that students wanted and would use, as well as retail amenity. There's um, basically retail shops along the front of the building on Princess Street. Uh, as well as this building also has underground controlled parking in the building. And um, what's your experience with parking? That's a question that often comes up with investors is, you know, um, how important is that to, to the investment if someone's looking at buying the building? Um, do you find many students in this type of, these types of buildings have cars or is it really the same as we, we see most students at any building, which is very few of them actually do have cars? Um, I think in our buildings, we're trying to attract really the most affluent students. I think they have a higher probability of having a car than the average student, and that's what we've experienced in our other buildings. It's amazing. When you walk through our stage one or two or three underground parking garages in Waterloo to look at the makes and models of the cars that are in the parking garage, like it is, you know, 50, 60% German cars, uh, like cars more expensive than what I drive. So there's definitely right. affluent students that have cars. Um, in saying that, not every student has a car. Um, I'm 50-50 on it. I, clearly not every student would have a car. If I was a very conservative inve- investor, I'd buy the parking spot. Um, I can tell you in our other buildings, every parking spot's rented in the building. So you're going to get cash flow from owning the parking spot. And it's just a safe thing to own, to know that you have it. What you wouldn't want to find out down the road is one of a couple things. You own the unit, but you can't seem to find a tenant because the tenants you're looking at all want a parking spot. A little bit scary. Um, Furthermore, you go to sell the unit down the road in the future. It's worth more than what you paid for it. But the buyer, who's a pretty high-end buyer, is buying for their son or daughter who's going to school there, absolutely wants to have a parking spot, but you don't own one, and there's no market to purchase one because they've all been sold. To me, it's like an insurance policy against your, if you're going to buy a $300,000 unit to spend $20,000 on a parking spot, which will cash flow itself, is probably a smart move. Uh, The other thing you don't want to do, which we've experienced in our other buildings, is if there is parking still available after closing, it's way more of a pain to acquire it, um, just from a financing perspective. When you buy that parking spot on day one, you roll it into your purchase and you go to your bank and you borrow whatever it is you're borrowing, 65 to 80% of the purchase price. When you try to purchase a parking spot after the spot, after, sorry, after the fact, you're probably paying cash for it and I guess the leverage and value in the investment isn't quite, quite as good. So we highly recommend to people if they're going to do it, do it early and roll it in with their existing mortgage. And they probably find that the parking spot carries itself based on what people are paying for rent. Um, I should note one small note in Kingston, which is kind of amusing. This is our second project in Kingston, our first one. Uh, it's called the Capitol. It's at 223 Princess Street. It um, is, is not, uh, it's equally as close to the university, but we really positioned it more towards owner-occupiers, um, not as much towards students. And we started by selling parking at $20,000 a parking spot for underground parking. Same as Sage Prestige. We're now up to $50,000 a parking spot. Like, it's amazing what the demand for parking in Kingston is. Um, So that's a small note on parking. 
Wow. Wow. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, certainly along that Princess Street corridor. Uh, there's parking is very hard to come by. So that's that's a good tip there, Daryl, for our listeners. Um, maybe if you can, uh, obviously, anybody listening is going to be getting the investor package uh, from me on this project with all the details. But maybe if you could just highlight the what is the offer here for investors, um, somebody who's going to buy a unit at Sage Prestige, what are they getting from you? Well, our goal from day one, we, when we came up with the Sage model, is we tried to create a way to give people worry-free, uh, hands-off investment in real estate, and specifically an investment in student housing, tying themselves to the growth of universities. So what we aim to do, which we're doing with this project as well, is first of all, make the transaction easy. Uh, great realtors such as Andrew who uh, know, know their stuff and can make it as smooth a transaction as possible. Uh, the second thing is we want you to have some kind of certainty going in on day one. So we analyze the market. We know what we can get for rent. We know our track record. Uh, so we give you a two-year guarantee on the rent. So you know, as you're getting used to this investment, the developer in eight developments is guaranteeing a minimum rent uh, in by way of a leaseback program. Um, so you have certain security in that. Uh, the next thing is hassle-free, making it as easy as possible. So we have our own property management company. It's called Sage Living, which we, we built with the Sage brand. And we deem ourselves to be experts in renting student condo units. Uh, we provide the service at a very... Uh, low cost of one half a month per year. So out of 12 months rent, you're paying one half of one month's rent for full property management and leasing. And then to make it easier for you on day one, we give you that service for free for the first two years. So basically we take care of everything for you for two years. In eight developments, our company uh, guarantees the rent for the first or guarantees the lease back for the first two years. So we've made it as easy as possible. And we believe we've created an amazing uh, design of a building and building layouts, which will be optimum and what we'd like to call future-proofed and uh, great units to be renting in Kingston for many years to come. That's great. Wow. So, yeah, that's certainly uh, a fantastic deal. Uh, half, a month's, half a month's rent for a full year of property management and servicing the tenants really... Um, I can't imagine that you're making money on that service uh, so much, but uh, it sounds like it's more of a, a va- it's a value add for the investors and to keep the, well, I'll let you speak, I guess. What, why do you do it for that price versus everyone else is certainly charging a lot more? It's a customer service thing. Um, I, firstly, I can tell you there is a certain efficiency in it. If you went to hire a property manager to rent out your one condo unit somewhere in the city, there's, that's inefficient. The fact that our service, and again, it's optional. You can manage your own unit and lease it out yourself if you want. This is just a, right. if you want to purchase it. Right. Uh, the fact that we're managing every unit in the building and we built the building and know all the ins and outs of the building make it way, way, way more efficient. And we're managing you know, 12 other stage buildings simultaneously. So our operational efficiency is incredible. That's why we can do it for that price. In saying that, our margin is not incredible. We're not in the property management business for the sake of being in the property management business. We're in it as a service to our customers. Um, We're in the developing and building 
student housing condo business. That's our primary business. We, this is a add-on service, and the reason we took it over doing it ourselves is we wanted to make sure it was perfect because we want our customers to be happy, and we want them to come back and buy again and again and again and tell their friends. Yeah, and I mean, it's, that's the best way. <laughs> I was gonna just thinking that as you're saying, that's the best way to keep people coming back is to offer them a good service and really give them no reason to leave. Um, if people are if people are getting the minimum or greater rents that you're guaranteeing and you're managing it all for them hands free for you know very minimal cost, then they're going to keep coming back. Yeah, and that's been our experience so far, and we'd like to keep that going going forward. That's great. Um, Daryl, is there anything else that I didn't ask you about yourself or about uh, Sage Prestige, but you wish I had have brought up? Uh, no, Andrew, you're an expert on this. I, I know you've covered everything and you know the questions that your clients want to hear. Uh, and hopefully I've been able to give them those answers. And as you know, I'm always available to you to answer any, any other questions that anyone might have. That's great. Thank you very much, Daryl, for your time. And um, all the best with Sage Prestige, and uh, hopefully we'll have you again on the show soon. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me. Take care. Thanks. Thanks for listening to the True Condos Podcast. Remember, your positive reviews make a big difference to the show. To learn more about condo investing, become a True Condos subscriber by visiting truecondos.com.